Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Ghetto. My name is Hans. I'm Edward. And we are your hosts for now and forevermore. Or until one of us wins the lotto and runs away. Hey, I'm yeah. honestly loving this new positive spin um, on these, these like <laughs> weekly, I don't want to say affirmations, but I really dig it. Um, for our regular listeners, welcome back, bitches. Uh, if you are new to Gettle, welcome to what we think is the internet's favorite podcast for everything related to gaming, entertainment, and technology, and lifestyle. <laughs> there were a lot of ands there, all wrapped up. And a wonderful geeky. <laughs> and of course, I'm going to play. And of course, one. Edward is not going to get it for the third episode <laughs> of season two. <laughs> Even Gosh. though we did it for the whole of season one. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Um, thank you so much for Hello. joining us for episode three of season two or uh, our overall total of 45. This is actually our 45th episode. Um, we have some wonderful things to speak about. And as always, in terms of our episodic structure, we begin with some life facts, then reviews and previews, delicious content, and then NSFW. So, uh, Edward, how are you doing? Good, good. Can't complain. Still that's the same good. as last week. Oh, how that's about good. You? Nothing wrong with that, hey? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nothing ever wrong um, being good, I guess. <laughs> Things are good on my side, thank you. Um, I'm now rocking a new ergonomic chair, so I can hopefully sit for an hour-long session and not have back problems towards the end. (laughs) In addition to that, in addition to that, I'm hoping for next week's episode, the setup will actually look a little bit different because I have ordered a new desk. Um, For those of you who have been following, I'm no longer in Johannesburg. I'm temporarily in KwaZulu-Natal at our holiday home. So I obviously need to do things here in order to make it a lot easier for me to work. And one of those is getting a beautiful new desk, which will hopefully arrive next week. And then we can have an even better setup for Ghetto. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, straight into reviews and previews, Edward. Um, you've been quite busy as always, and I see you have two wonderful reviews for us. Yeah, um, this week we published Werewolf, the Apocalypse, um, Earthblood. What uh, a name. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, it's like Vampire the Masquerade. It's The names are based on the tabletops. So it's Vampire the Masquerade. But, but yet somehow the Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines, although long, sounds better than Werewolf Apocalypse Earthblood. What was it? Yeah, yeah, Earthblood. <laughs> yeah, even Vampire of the Masquerade Coteries of New York sounds better. I, I don't know what's going on, but they did try to revamp the names, I think, in 2004, and that just never stuck. So <laughs> so the tabletop and everything just reverted back to the old names. So so just um, to confirm, um, technically this game, and much like Vampire of the Masquerade, they're tabletop games which have been converted into video games, correct? Yes, um, it's it's all based on the world of darkness, uh, like basically how every RPG lately is based on Dungeons and Dragons. This well, kind is of like how no wait, you have to you've got to speak to me in, in like movie language because <laughs> I don't movie do language. It's um, like Marvel Cinematic Universe, right? 
and then all of the 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 extra movies yes. that are <laughs> yes so, so the marvel cinematic universe is the world of darkness ah, yeah, and then yeah, you okay. get the thor trilogy which is vampire Di- diaries well, no vampire the masquerade <laughs> Hey, don't get us wrong. Uh, Vampire Diaries was was good for the first yeah, couple of seasons. Yeah, it was good enough. Um, and then, yeah, it, it, it's like that. So, Werewolf the Apocalypse is just another branch in this big world, um, and it has there. There are actually very, very few games um, in the Werewolf branch. Um, even less in the in the when, demon branch. When compared and, to like Vampire the Masquerade branch, for example. Well, when compared to there are basically none. <laughs> if you could, if you have wow. to compare it, um, there were two games being developed a few years ago. Both were cancelled. This is the first game going, coming out now. In okay, and g- give us give us your. I mean, we we now know it's based on a tabletop game of yes. a branch um, of the tabletop that wasn't very popular. So, or, or not not that it's not popular that they're trying to gain popularity with. Which means that there's yep. a lot riding on this title, wouldn't you agree? Um, I would say so. <laughs> uh, it's it's obvious that the World of Darkness is a popular franchise. Yes. Um, the Vampire, the Masquerade, Bloodlines. Said a uh, bit of news on that, by the way. Bloodlines Two has basically been oh, I delayed saw indefinitely. That. Yeah, it's been pushed. But I mean, yeah. what hasn't been pushed this year? Even God of War yeah, has exactly. been moved into 2022 at the earliest now. Exactly. But that was a, that was so, a bit of a given. Okay, but before we get sidetracked, back to yeah, yeah, yeah. Finished with this. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much news. Anyway, um, Werewolf the Apocalypse. Yeah, I would say a lot is riding on it since this okay. is essentially the first game ever coming out, and yeah, it sucks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not a good game. I played like an hour when we first got the game, yeah, and Ian asked me about it, and I told him. I did like it so far, but I have to play a bit more. But you pushed through, right? (laughs) And then I told you it's bad. And now everyone knows it's bad. It's just not a good game. Um, Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I mean, okay. So you're saying it's not great. Tell us why. Yes. Like, we, we, the the score we gave it with regards to EGAD was average. And I actually queried this with Edward. And I was like, why average and not disappointing? So the reason for that is simply because okay so so first things first the game looks like a PlayStation 2 or Xbox 360 era game <laughs> it just looks kind of like if you remember Siphon Filter from like that era this looks exactly like that almost like a more polygon version of Hitman strange strange uh, yeah, design decision all right yeah it it just looks a bit dated yeah. and then the animations are stiff as hell um the, 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 uh, there is a big sneaking mechanic in the game, which is weak as well. Um, I, the AI isn't is that supposed to be the core of the gameplay though? The stealth, yeah, be- yeah. Because uh, so, so you play this guy called Kahal, and he's obviously a werewolf. Yeah. And I didn't know this because I don't really know much about the werewolf branch of the tabletop. But um, he, Kahal can transform, or rather, he has three forms. Um, one of those is the Cortis. Which is the big werewolf, kind of like the underworld lichens uh, of oh, yeah. movies. Yeah. And then the other one, I already forgot the name. It's just, I think it's just normal werewolf, which is just mm-hmm. the big wolf. Think Twilight. Yeah. Um, yeah. And now this wolf is the super stealthy, fast version. Actually, I have to. And 
<laughs> so, yeah. as you all know, I'm the primary editor at Vamer, so I always edit Edward's work before it gets uh, seen by the masses, most of the time, or like 99% of the time. And I actually laughed out loud when he mentioned Twilight as a proper reference, um, because it's it's actually like a, a good a good reference, to be honest. Stephanie Mayer did did the werewolves and vampires just, in my opinion. Yeah, n- not only that, she's the only writer I know of who did the werewolves like normal wolves. Yes. yes. Um, obviously, I'm a writer as well, and in my some of my stories, they're also just normal wolves. I don't like the big lichen thing that Underworld does and Bram Stoker <laughs> does and all those other does. Um, anyway, anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. Yeah, as so always. It's 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 <laughs> so. Two of his forms are stealthy. His human form and this normal wolf form. Yeah, super yeah. stealthy, super fast, and it sucks. Um, the AI is too inconsistent for you to pull off stealth in almost in, in almost any in situation. any in situation. Yeah. Um, and then you 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 shift into the quarters form, which is I will I will concede a lot of fun. It's it's basically a mixture of. I would say prototype. If you know those games, it's the where game, yeah. you, yeah, you know, it's it's a game where you just kind of did what you wanted. Uh, now that's a lot of fun. The combat is fun, but it's repetitive. Yeah, and yeah. now you you have these three forms, and you go through these missions, and all of the missions look the same. No matter where you go, you're supposed to go to some refinery in the outbacks. It's the same. You're supposed to go to some. Um, office space somewhere in in the city. It looks the same. So and what you're saying is it's a 2021 release title with dated gameplay, visuals, and story narrative. The narrative it wants to to go somewhere, but it doesn't. Um, but it doesn't. Um, and also, uh, I think I didn't mention this in my review, actually, which only in retrospect I realized. There are a lot of um, World of Darkness jargon and lore being thrown at you constantly. And I don't think it's ever properly explained. Oh, you see. Um, you see, now, I mean, I know your rating is your rating, right? But yeah, everything we're speaking about now, to me, this all sounds disappointing. Yeah. Now, so now reason... you you've said average. Is that because you still think that it's okay to pick up and play? Yeah, um, it's okay to pick up and play. If if you're a big World of Darkness fan, I would say get it. Okay, if, if you have enough. all the vampire games, get it. Um, the reason it's average and not disappointing is because I believe that AI can be fixed with a patch. I believe more levels can be added via yeah. DLC, which I hope will be free. So it's more um, of a, it can be fixed to be a lot better. Yes. Um, we're going to we're gonna expand on that topic a little bit later because I'm very sore about a certain game that was cancelled, but we'll get to that. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> um, Edward, you also reviewed the Media Box Maverick, which yeah. I will concede is quite an interesting product. So... Uh, for those of you who've been listening for a while, you know that I am—I'm an Apple person. I have everything Apple: the watch, the MacBook, the Air, the AirPods Max, the Apple TV, everything. If it's Apple, I've got it. All right, but for a good reason, you know, um, they work really well. I find that you know the ecosystem is where I want to be, and so on and so forth. With that said, there's obviously place for other products, um, particularly in terms of Android TV now. 
this Media Box Maverick, again, I've said it's interesting before. And the reason is, is because it's actually a local product. Um, and I think that that's pretty cool. And of course, when I say local, it's probably some universal design that somebody's brought in and have just given it a, <laughs> um, you know, a name or whatever the case is. Yeah. But it's it's technically, look, it might not necessarily be South African through and through, but it is available locally, kind of like how Roku is not something you can find very easily here. But at least now we have something like the Media Box Maverick. And so mm-hmm. Edward has now been using it for a good two weeks, almost three weeks. So Ed, give us the yeah. overview. Like, like, is it worth it? Um, you know, pricing, that kind of thing? How it performs? In, sh- in short, yes, I think it's worth it. It's essentially the go-to media box, I would say, anywhere, um, even in South Africa, I would say is something like the Apple TV. Yeah, um, yeah. People that don't have the Apple TV usually have Plex setups. Um, for the longest time, I had a Plex setup. I still do. I still um, do as well. <laughs> and then this is essentially the Apple TV, just the Android version of it in layman's terms. Um, so the reason why I like it so much, though, and the reason why I would say anyone to just get it um, is essentially... Because it's super super simple to set up and it's not that expensive. So um, price to- what you're saying almost, and before we get to the price and that, is that they've taken mm-hmm. quite an Apple approach. Essentially, <laughs> yes. Um, it's literally, you, you open the, the carton and it's like this big, okay? You, to our viewers who's listening, I'm, I'm basically sticking my hands to the entire bottom and top of my... It's larger, it's larger, yeah. Large. Yeah, and then you open it up, and it's this tiny fourteen by fourteen square box inside, and it's super tiny. Like my webcam is thicker than than the media box. That's what um, you said. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you you literally the the HDMI cable and the power cable comes included. Um, a, a remote control comes included with batteries. It uses the tiny AA batteries though, which, mm-hmm. which I find. Week I I would would have liked a uh, one AAA okay but now uh, rather p- performance anyway. wise um I assume yeah. 4K HDR yes um it's got 10 bit 4K it it's got 10 bit HDR um and it's got 4K up to 75 frames per second I know that that's sounds great. weird yeah I know that's but good. many people actually especially the 3D um and those weird um movies I forgot the name. It's mixed media movies essentially. Yeah. They go. They have weird frames, and going up to seventy five just means it's more stable. It's catered for um, basically. Yeah. Also, I know for three D, it's because of the interpolation. So you know, oh, a, a sixty is. frame, a sixty frame three D movie actually runs at thirty frames for each eye. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So it 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 it's got all these codecs and functionality and horsepower. To, That's to great for for what for only what one five. One five a take lot one four um if you know where to, to if you can look, shop around um, <laughs> yeah um and I think it's just priced very well for what you get uh, Android TV is super simple to use the remote itself has Google Assistant built into it which is amazing oh uh, yeah you, 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 would, you would yeah give us a couple of examples about that because the little bit that I that I read in your review I was like that is amazing because even the Apple yeah, TV so, doesn't do that so teaching my mom how to do anything on a remote <laughs> is difficult like it, it took me a good year just to get it used to the fact that you can go into a playlist on dstv now the media box maverick um the remote comes with a google assistant button 
So what I did is I signed in with her account and she frequents Showmax and YouTube. And I okay. let her press the button and tell Google Assistant to launch her favorite show on the platform she watches it. So she said, launch Bunnelanders on Showmax. The and thing, that, that worked? Uh, it worked. So, so... Uh, Bunnelanders worked? Yes, yes. <laughs> so uh, underneath the screen, you'll see it try to understand what you're saying. And at first, it doesn't make sense. But then, uh, through obviously, because you have a constant internet connection, it every word fixes itself, just like that. And then it said, launch Bunnelanders on Showmax. And Showmax popped up Listen, with the Bunnelanders screen. incredible. It is amazing. <laughs> And then for myself, obviously, it's launch this show on Netflix and it will go to that show on Netflix. It's amazing. It's really, really good. I'm curious, um, does it only work for internet connected um, programs like Showmax and Netflix? Or could you technically, say, resume this on Plex? Would that work? I have not tried Plex, to be fair. I would um, love you to please try that for me because mm. that is something I'm very curious about. Like, I can understand yeah. why it would work for... Um, you know, in, in a streaming-enabled platform like Showmax or mm. Netflix or Amazon Prime. But I'm yeah. even more curious to know if Google Assistant is intelligent enough to work for programs that are not streaming services. You know, aren't in they, many ways, I'd like to think so because it should be able to read the metadata. Yeah. See, on I mean, look, note, this, this um, is a, another topic, but I mean... <laughs> no, the thing is, on that note, Showmax and Netflix and Prime, they all have their own search en engines with dictation. Yes. Uh, so Plex doesn't, obviously, unless you get the correct plugins and whatever. So maybe this it's, is true. it's worth a shot. I should try it. Well, mm. try it and let us know next week. Yeah. So, yeah. okay. It's a good Th idea. This is very, very cool. So in, in your opinion, what is what have you rated the MediaBox Maverick? It's good. Um, it's not exceptional mm. for the sole reason that there are many alternatives. You can okay. make yeah. your own alternative for much cheaper well, if you're almost willing free to go through this <laughs> yeah if you're willing to go through the challenge of doing it so if you're a techie so, okay. you'll love it now something else that i want you to do is i want to know if you can sideload stuff i know we actually spoke about this mm. in the week so so cool yeah. two things ed uh, for a mm. follow-up um can you sideload things because i'm curious to know if it has the full android uh, system on it or if it's like a stripped down version for android tv and mm. then secondly if some of the more universal Google features will actually work for apps that are not online enabled, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Now moving on to some previews, which could almost be a review, especially the next one that we're going to speak about. So yeah. a couple of weeks back, um, we were given the opportunity of participating in the all new Watchdogs Legion online mode. Um, Edward went through and did it. And now he's come away with his thoughts. Hey, Ed? Yeah. Uh, so the thing about Watchdog Legion is that I, as much as I liked the game, um, I liked Watchdogs 2 better. Um, turns out that w with friends, it I think that makes uh -huh. up for it. <laughs> so, but, okay, so the argument can be said that everything is better with friends. Um, look at well. games like... <laughs> I don't know, even PUBG. Um, yeah, yeah. It's just at at the end of the day, it's better. Um, but Watch Dogs Legion hyphen online mode is, um, it's actually very, very fun. You can see j just by launching it, um, it feels like the game was 
catered for it from the start, which is very, very good. I remember one of the biggest critiques between Watch Dogs mm-hmm. 2 and Watch Dogs Legion is how in the first two games, you have a single protagonist who mm-hmm. you use throughout the title. Then all of a sudden in Legion, you can be whomever you want. Now, in retrospect, it actually makes sense because with the online mode coming and having other people jumping in, anybody can be whomever they want to be. Yeah, so you, know, you have this legion yes. of dead sick agents. There we go. Oh, that's so, it that's incredible. So I love how sense. it plays on the name. <laughs> yeah, um, it turns out that they actually planned for, for it from the start. And we only actually heard of the online mode um, and was promised an online mode just about on launch. So no one even knew a multiplayer was planned. Well, uh, extended multiplayer was planned for the yeah. game until at launch. And obviously the worry is always that, oh no, but this is an open world single player game. How are they going to balance it out for mm, multiplayer? Mm. Turns out they don't need to because the game is whack anyway. Uh, well, not I mean, it, in a bad it's way. not necessarily that. It's more that it's clear they planned it from the start. So, yeah, you know, so, some of the weird inconsistencies through the single player actually make sense now because of yeah. the multiplayer aspect of the title. Yeah, yeah, you know? that makes sense. So... Anyway, it's like getting connected with friends is as easy as pie. You just you just <laughs> log in and you add your friends to your party and you go. And then the That's online awesome. mode was filled with basically open world activities and then PvP and essentially missions, which you initiate by going into the map screen. Or I think it's a more tab on PC. I can't remember because I play with controller. Um, you initiate <laughs> the map screen. And then you select the mission. Now, my one qualm about this is when you select the mission, even though you're already in a party, in a screen with four people, which is a maxed out party, Mm -hmm. um, it will throw you into a random ass game. Unless you tick a tiny little box at the top of the screen that says you want to do this mission with your friends. With just your friends. Which is stupid. Um, uh, Now, I did talk to Ubisoft about that. They they did say they might have a fix for that come launch, which will be 9 March. Um, Correct. Correct. So, you see, now now, isn't that cool for those of you who listen? Mm -hmm. And that's one of the few, like, perks of this job is how we will sometimes be privy to pre-launch code or pre-launch activities. And what's so nice about it is that although we wouldn't be considered official beta testers, because they obviously have people who do that, the fact is, should we come across something that that raises concerns, we can actually tell Ubisoft directly. And more often than not, they'll actually take the time to implement changes. Um, For those of you who are aware of Digital Foundry, you'll know that they actually do that quite often when it comes to their videos. So... I just have to bring it up because it's happened a few times over the last decade of being in these positions. And it's really cool when, when, when they, when studios listen, you know, I know that it sounds strange to say the studios listen, but you know, even though we do this as a living, we still feel that we're like the norm. We're like normal people. You know, it's Mm -hmm. just because we have a direct line with the PR doesn't mean that, Oh, well, they're going to take us more seriously above somebody else, but it's more along the lines of we have a little bit of a leeway in and it feels really good when they do listen. Yeah. It, it's actually nice. It, it's nice when the official PR person comes to you um, and they we say, yeah, thanks, so many, thanks for your feedback. And so many stories. We we'll implement this. <laughs> and yeah, um, so that's Watch Dogs Legion. As I said, it launches 9 March and it's actually a lot of fun. Um, yeah. 
that's cool. Well, now something that you. came out on the twenty fifth of February is the demo for Outriders, a bland, mm-hmm. a brand new RPG slash multiplayer title. Uh, yeah. So Edward and I, we both downloaded it and we gave it a you know some time to play, and it's interesting to say the least. Um, I would like to maybe explain what the title is about, but I'm still not entirely sure <laughs> from, from, from what I, from okay, what so I gather. It's, it's the world ended, right? And then yeah. a ginormous spaceship was sent out to, uh, find another world that they found called Enoch. Thank you so much. <laughs> and Look, I'm invested uh, in this game. <laughs> upon <laughs> landing on the planet, um, it turns out uh, the first group that land on the planet to, you know, make the settlement for the rest of humanity are called Outriders. And in so doing, of course, as is always the case, there's some Machiavellian scientist who doesn't want to listen to what everybody else has to say against better judgment of the Outriders. And there's some like alien storm that happens and it starts killing people and converting others. But we'll speak about that in just a second. Um, and that's technically the gist of the story, correct? And you actually play as one of these outriders who becomes altered. Um, but the difference between the other alters in the game and your outrider is that you were in cryostasis for over 30 years. So you were frozen when the shit was hitting the fan and you were unfrozen when there was just shit everywhere after hitting the fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, after it just splattered the entire room. <laughs> Essentially, um, I think the game should have been called Altered, honestly, as someone who is not a developer and who doesn't make any of these decisions. I think Altered would actually fit. Now that I've played it, that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because the Outrider aspect is literally just... It's just the intro, Just like, yeah, Yeah. just the first hour of the game. (laughs) And then it doesn't make sense at all anymore. (laughs) Anyway, um, so yeah, as Hans said, there's there's this big event that happens on Earth where everyone dies out. Uh, you learn this in the first minute of the game, so it's not a spoiler. Yeah, none, none um, of what we've spoken about now is spoilers. It's yeah, literally, it's um, the first, it's like the, the initial half an hour of gameplay. It's it's really like, yeah. they just throw it at you. There's no literally. real explanation. It's kind of like, this is happening. Oh, shit. Oh, and then it's like, okay, you're in the game. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> um, so, so, so you land. I've got to say, by the way... Um, when the spaceship came and did the whole alien intro thing um, and shot off, the pod shot off, Mm-mm. I had zero sense of scale until that thing landed. Because <laughs> I thought it was it a looked so normal small. ass drop pod. Yeah. yeah. So initially when I was watching, I was like, oh, look, it's a probe. And then it landed and there's like thousands of people came out. I was yeah. like, oh. <laughs> it's, it's huge. Yeah. So, so uh, you know, the mothership was huge. Anyway. Um, so altered people exist. They they aren't super unique. Um, we gotta um, make note of well, that. Well, no, but they, they, there's they still law as to yes. why, which is I think it will probably be revealed later. I'm assuming further in the narrative. No, no it's it's reve- I don't know it revealed why, but it's revealed how you get made. You no, yeah, but but this happen. is the thing. Um, okay, so not to be spoiler because it isn't. We the the demo only gives you the first I think three hours of the game, and yes, as far as I understand, it's a mini many tens of hours of game it's a huge rpg you know so it they don't really explain it just yet like yes there are mm. people who become altered by whatever this alien force is on the planet but i do think there's so much more to it than that because there are little mm. hints that they've thrown at you 
in the opening hours, um, specifically with the numbers on his hand, which I don't want to mention just yet. Um, but they hint at it. And I do feel well, there's something far more. And I'm wondering, and this is just a, a guess, that if time travel is not going to play a point in it at some point in the future. Maybe. As you said, throughout the game, they keep hinting back at these numbers. Uh, especially in the first three hours. They they keep like Shira, one of the NPCs, she sees the numbers and she's like, oh. And then we don't know why she went, oh. Exactly. And that, exactly. that's intriguing. And it feels kind of like, um, like Andromeda meets the fire. I want to, I want to, okay. Get, let's talk about gameplay for a second, okay? Yeah. yeah. So a lot of people have been tooting Outriders. I'm personally not impressed. Um, for me, it's very much Gears of War with added RPG elements for, you know, outfits and guns and stuff like that. And powers from Destiny. That is what Outriders is. So, it, like, the way it plays... Like, I'm not saying it plays badly. It's just... It's very much a cover shooter. That's what it is. You have it's to move from cover to cover and then use your special abilities in between in order to regain health because that's part of the, the, the law, the ethos or whatever, whereby your altered gains health by killing people so they the the a part of the marketing campaign for the game is for you to be violent i know that sounds strange but it's just part of it i i mean i like years of war very much but i just i just didn't feel it i didn't feel it in outriders i feel and i'll and i'll speak a little bit more just now after we've spoken about this one i actually can speak about a game that i want to speak about and it has to do with gameplay I find that Outriders gameplay is very unoriginal. You've seen it before, see, and for yeah. me, it's going to get boring very quickly. That's my see, my first opinion. So it's not a not a review or anything. That's just my opinion of the demo. See, the thing is, Outriders clearly, it, it to me because I still play it actively. It feels like Breakpoint or like Division Two. It's a looter shooter at its core. Um, I do get the elements of Gears. Especially mm. in the the way the characters look, but like very this much guy has so, massive I mean, the way the way they move, even it's. Mm. I mean, even the way they run. <laughs> so so it feels like they copied a bit of gears and then put a bit of division two on it. Um, you say Divi- me, okay, I, I can see that. I'd say more destiny though, because in division you don't have abilities, you don't have powers. But, but the, anyway, in destiny but same thing, same concept. In division, you have different abilities depending on your loadout. In this one, you also have different abilities depending on how you slot your RPG character. Uh, well, there is a huge ass mm. skill tree. I looked at. Oh, I see. I see what you're it's saying. It's massive. Yeah, yeah. No, but um, it's the same as Destiny. You can swap out powers. It's the same as Anthem, well, but we'll speak about that just now. Yeah, it's it's exactly the same <laughs> as Anthem um, in a sense because that's also a looter shooter. But I don't know. I th- I like the game so far. I like everything about the game. I will say this much: the sh- the shaky cam needs to go. Um, oh, but you see, that's that's part and parcel of a cover shooter. No, but in the cutscenes, <laughs> um, literally oh, you'll get this yes. cutscene, and then this this cam will go like this, like some B movie from Tux University or something. Not not just that, uh, okay. But now now we're launching into nitpicking. But one of no, the few I'm things that really that irritates sucks. me about it is whenever you want to enter into dialogue, there are consistent black screens. Yes, so, that as well. You know, in this, co- there's also a lot of loading between segments when they really mm. shouldn't be. I will speak about that more again in the future, just now, because this also all, it's all leading me towards something. <laughs> Basically, long story short, I'm not hyped for Outriders. 
I have played enough now to know that it's not a game that I personally would be invested in. Uh, of course, each to their own. Edward is actually enamored with it because he, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think the narrative is, is awesome. Like if I ever had to play Outriders, I'd play it for the narrative because I actually want to know what's going on. I'm curious to know more about the altered, more about the world, um, what happened on earth. And, you know, there's a lot of unanswered questions that I'd love answers to. But is yeah. that enough for me to play a cover-based looter shooter? No. That's just because I'm not that kind of gamer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, whereas, whereas as Edward has said, he loves like Wildlands, for example, which is a cover-based looter shooter. So, you know, he, he would therefore obviously gravitate towards something like Outriders. You're to each their own, I guess. Which leads me to Anthem. <laughs> <laughs> Electronic Arts have officially announced that Anthem Next, the very long looked forward to update to Anthem, has now officially been cancelled. Anthem is dead. Y'all, Anthem is dead. And I am rather upset about this news because I have been, I've been playing it religiously since launch. I, I enjoy the game. You know, I'm not really one for looter shooters per se. All right. I, if something be like, there's a certain level of repetitiveness that I will, you know, feel is okay. Like Destiny, for example, is not, I mean, I, I have enjoyed the game in the past, but I feel it's too repetitive. Um, you know, the little bit of play of Outriders, for example, I can already tell I'm going to get irritated with the gameplay because it's just super repetitive. Now, yes, Anthem had somewhat repetitive gameplay, but, but, and this is the big difference. Having the ability to fly around the map, a la Iron Man, including in encounters, just gives the gameplay a level of freshness that I just haven't seen in any other looter shooter since Anthem released. And that saddens me the most because they really nailed the movement and the gameplay. But where the game failed was in content. There just wasn't enough content to keep players going. There are only so many times you can do the same mission when there are only a finite number of missions and there no new missions had been added in over two years. So, yeah. you know, from that perspective, yes, um, Anthem was very, very, very much lacking. But from a gameplay perspective and an actual fun perspective in terms of the way the Anthems feel and the, I mean, sorry, the Javelins, the way the Javelins feel and the abilities that they had. And there was just so much possibility. And now it's just been thrown away. And I'm rather disappointed by that because... You know, I'm, and, and the reason why I want, I want to bring this up again, and I want to link this to Outriders a little bit, is because I see a lot of similarities in Outriders that were also present in Anthem. Things that really irritated people. And one of those big things was consistent loading. Was no matter, every time you wanted to do something, there was a load screen. And Outriders has exactly the same thing. I actually, in the last couple of hours of playing, I actually got really irritated by it. And I was like, why is, this, why is there a load screen? Why is there the, even a break here? The difference between the two, though, I will say, Anthem had long loading. Um, Outriders has, quick, uh, has a, um, a lot of loading. 
So <laughs> I would say they're well, the same in annoyance. In, in, no, in fairness, in fairness to Anthem, it, the initial load, yes, was sometimes absolutely horrific. But mm. once you were in the game, it was quick. So I'm not talking about the initial load. I'm talking about that whole like going from one location to the next, but still loading. Why? Why do I need to have a loading screen when I'm talking to somebody? Yeah, Why do I need a loading screen when I go through a door? Why between it, it, cutscenes? <laughs> so like, this is what this is what I'm getting yeah. at. A lot of the a lot of the things that people complained heavily about in Anthem are now present in Outriders, which is a brand new looter shooter. Now I'm not saying true. I don't want to be overly negative about it, but you know I'm already looking at that number. I'm already getting irritated by it, and I'm like, why didn't they learn from previous releases of other titles? Yeah, yeah. You see, that's a big thing for me. Now, of course, the narrative in Outriders is decent. It's enough, I think, to pull people in a little bit. And the bit that I have played with like the side missions and the main story quests are pretty good. I'm just curious to know how long that's going to last for before it becomes insanely repetitive in terms of having yeah. to redo the same missions again and again and again. See, that's the thing. It's but that's also hook, the same thing with Anthem. I, in my opinion, yeah. Anthem had a pretty good story. It wasn't amazing by any stretch of the imagination, but... If you really looked into the law, and that was one of the big failings with Anthem, is where they left a lot of the law in terms of finding, you know, nodules and things around the map instead of actually explaining it to people. So a lot of people didn't end up not caring, but for those who took part in it, it's actually pretty incredible. With Outriders, they're doing that as well, but they are explaining things a little bit more as well. So it's a little mm -hmm. bit easier to know what's going on and that kind of thing. I'm uh, sorry, I I'm just very, I'm very upset about Anthem, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you have right to be. <laughs> um, I will say one thing about Outriders is that I think one of the reasons I do like it as well is because the writing feels the same as Andromeda in terms of characters Look, are... You are right. Even the little bit text less selection serious. and the dialogue wheel is very well, similar. Almost, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I suppose yeah, yeah. so, yeah. So, but like, I guess that's the RPG element of it, right? Maybe. You know, maybe. where things like Destiny don't have that. You just kind of flow mm. through it. Um, yeah. Even Anthem didn't really have much of like choice selection. It was just no, you go through it, time. you know. Yeah. So I I do like that aspect of Outriders, but again, I don't know. I'm just I'm not convinced. I might maybe pick it up in the future, but for me mm. right now, it's not a game I'm actually interested in. Like like if I have to grind, I'd rather grind in Apex. <laughs> and that's because Apex doesn't feel like a grind. You you play a variety of different characters. And you, you just enjoy the match. You try to survive, you know? It's not like having to do exactly the same thing again and again, even though it kind of is. But anyway. <laughs> anyway. All right. So um, that's Outriders and Anthem. Now, something else that happened recently was uh, PlayStation State of Play. Just kind of randomly came out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, not a very big one. Uh very small they just spoke about a few things so we're just going to give you sort of the crib notes version of it um they spoke about some ps5 enhancements for certain titles like crash 4 which i think is great um there was also a quick look at Oddworld soulstorm but one cool thing about this is that it looks like playstation 5 owners will actually get the game for free when it releases um for everybody to purchase which i think is 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 a is quite a nice catch because i'm a big fan of the Oddworld series yeah Mm, there were also there was a little bit more information about Returnal, which is a new Metroidvania-style game, which seemingly is exclusive to PlayStation. Um, it looks pretty decent. Uh, Edward stipulates that it's a bit like a roguelike. Um, yeah, you know, 
Um, I don't know. It, it looks it looks interesting. I'd like to know a little bit more. Um, the fact that you know, whenever your character dies and you come back, the world changes and the enemies change is interesting to me because I want to. I'm curious to know how fresh they'll be able to keep that. You know, going um, going forward. Yeah, yeah. You know that should. Be uh, they nice. also announced a new title called Sifu. This one also came out of nowhere. It's got a pretty nice um, visual look to it. Kind of looks like cell shaded animation. Um, and it's all about a, it's a Kung Fu based 3D beat em up, basically. And it looks, it looks, looks pretty good, to be honest. Um, for those who might be interested, the name Sifu is actually Cantonese for skilled master or warrior. I thought that was quite cool. That that's what they were naming the, the game after. Um, okay. There was also another game called Solar Ash, which looks very much like uh, No Man's Sky meets Sunset Overdrive it in does, terms of gameplay, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, look, we're, I, we're I not going to go. <laughs> we're not going to go too in depth into all of these things. I mean, you can go and look them up. Um, mm-hmm. But there's also a 3D version of Five Nights at Freddy's, which I thought looked very interesting. It doesn't look very scary though. It kind of reminds me a bit of like Alien Isolation, where you can kind of see the character coming for you. Versus if you play Five Nights at Freddy's at the moment, the character is just on your screen and you end up screaming. Um, so it looks like a little bit of a, of, of a different it's thing. It's a bit different, it. yeah. Now, the two games I do want to speak about, which were the highlights for me in terms of the Sony PlayStation State of Play, is Deathloop and Kenna Bridge of Spirits. Those are the two two games. So Kenna just looks incredible. It looks like a Pixar animated film come to life, but in terms of video game, it looks stunning. It is a platformer. For those of you who have listened long enough, you know I love platformers. So... 100% on board for that. Would like to know more because it didn't show much. It just showed a little bit of the gameplay. It just it just looks incredible. Now, the one of the most interesting titles, and this is one I think a lot of people have been sleeping on, and that is Deathloop. Now, what's interesting about this is, of course, as most of you know, it's developed by Arcane, published by Bethesda, which are studios now owned by Microsoft. So what was most interesting about this is Microsoft, when all of the, the news came out that Microsoft had bought Bethesda and so on and so forth. People were wondering, well, what about these timed exclusives? Well, it turns out that uh, Microsoft is still keeping them intact, I assume, for legal reasons. And so Deathloop is now a one-year timed exclusive for PlayStation 5 and I think PC. Um, it's just a console exclusive at the moment. The thing is, the game looks super interesting. Now, I didn't know much about it before. But what I do know now is that it's sort of a stealth-like game mixed with action. Hey, Ed? Yeah, it, to me, it looks kind of like um, Dishonored. There we go. That's the title because it's a, it is an Arcane Studios game. Correct. So it looks like Dishonored in the 22nd or 23rd century, kind of. <laughs> Um, and yeah, it's basically this multiplayer. I think it's a multiplayer game. I'm not entirely sure. Okay, so um, let, let, let me expand on that quickly before before we mm. carry on. So the whole premise of Deathloop is that you are this individual called Colt. Colt, as in C-O-L-T, not cult, but Colt. And you are stuck in a time loop. Now, the only way out of this time loop is to kill eight people. Now, not eight people in the world, just eight people in whatever stage you're in or in the game itself, which I'm assuming would be AI-driven and so on and so forth. The thing is, every time you die, or assuming you are not able to kill all eight by midnight of that day, of that game day, the time loop resets. 
The only difference, though, is that Colt retains his memory, but everybody else forgets. So in this sense, it's to help you as the player remember and figure out how to get rid of certain people quicker or sooner or before the time limit runs out, all right? Now, the multiplayer aspect of it, and this is what I think is very cool, is that the opposite of, of Cult. So Cult is the protagonist, right? So I would imagine it's the antagonist is a lady by the name of Juliana. Now, what's cool about Juliana is that generally she is an AI-driven character. However, if you toggle the option, it will matchmake you with another human player who acts as Juliana, who tries to stop you from killing the eight people that are needed to kill in order to finish the game. (laughs) See, that sounds interesting. I like that. I love that it's a toggle instead of just a forced thing. I agree, yeah. Um, Yeah. Which means single-player people can play this and just have fun with the game. I imagine replayability will be huge in this game. Like speed... Do you know what it makes me think of? It makes me think of like a a fast first-person shooter Hitman. Yes, that's exactly... um, It looks like as well, to be fair. Um, Yeah, you're right, actually. (laughs) But I do not like... Rather, the game doesn't look like it'll resonate with me as a player because it seems a bit as if they ran out of ideas and they just took all the abilities from Dishonored and gave it to this game and, and made an arena. No, that's, it's just that's what, what it said. sounds it's, like to it's me. It's Dishonored in the future. I mean... <laughs> exactly. And I don't know. Um, but it, it does have an incredible premise, at least. So I'll give it that. So I'm quite keen to do Well, that. either way, it is a game that I'm curious about. And I guess uh, yeah. we'll have a look at it when it eventually releases later this year. Yeah. <laughs> now, speaking of loops, uh, we're going to go from time loops to musical loops. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Have you ever listened to certain like really good pop songs and you're like, what does that even mean? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Prime example, Hit Me Baby One More Time. For, I mean, everybody knows where that comes from. It's Britney Spears. Hey, Britney Spears is Hit Me Baby. Hey, Britney, Britney, free Britney, free Britney. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, What's interesting about the title is when it came out, there was a lot of hoopla around the title because everyone was like, is she advocating for gender-based violence? You know, Hit Me Baby One More Time. (laughs) See... I assumed it was naughty. I, I thought it was a naughty thing, like hit me. Yeah, okay. Nah, do it, so, daddy. But yeah, okay, like, you see, okay, yes, yes, no, no, no. You, you, you're, you're partially correct, but understand that you know the general consensus of people not knowing about BDSM would think that that is people not... are dumb. <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. Well, the, what, what, why I'm bringing this up is because I actually recently learned that hit me, baby, one more time was actually meant to be hit me up baby one more time as in hit me up on the phone like hit me up like like ooh. hit on me you know like uh like hit hit me up tonight at eight do you know what i mean like yeah, yeah that yeah. kind of a thing and with that in mind it it all goes it all comes back to the fact that the original composer of the song the the songwriter was swedish a man by the name of Max Martin. And because English yep. wasn't his first language or isn't his first language, when he wrote Hit Me Baby One More Time, nobody else picked it up that it should be Hit Me Up. 
<laughs> on that note though now now that you mentioned max martin did you know that this guy is one of the most prolific songwriters ever and yes. most of the billboard 100 songs still still ongoing is written by max martin you see, you see it's now, crazy no no what's fascinating about this what's fascinating 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 about this is he made a mistake all right people didn't pick up on it and it became a huge, huge hit. Yep. So therefore, this now leads me to something else that I found, which is just so incredibly interesting. And it has to do with, do you listen to the lyrics of songs that you actually listen to? And if you do, how often? Like, honestly, Edward, I'm sure we've asked this before on Gettle, but do you? Yeah. Um, see, I grew up with blues and jazz. Um, so obviously, especially with blues, it's all about the lyrics. Um, so even today I listen mostly to lyrics, but there are obviously EDM songs, which just go. Oh, I mean, of course. Yeah. 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 Actually, actually, funny enough, EDM and dance are the ones that never make sense. If you really listen to what they're saying in terms of the lyrics. (laughs) Like now (laughs) I have, I'm bringing this up because I'm actually somebody who almost never listens to lyrics. And I'm sure I've mentioned this before in season one of Gettle, but if you really look at the music that I generally enjoy, they're actually quite depressive. <laughs> if you have to read or, or really listen to the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, the re- I'm bringing this up because with Max Martin on the mind and how you're telling us how he's had like hundreds and hundreds of hits and they're all in the Billboard 100, even though they're filled with mistakes. And and I know he's worked with a lot of other big bands like Backstreet Boys and yep. um, NSYNC. And, you know, a lot, of, like, a lot of the times if you go and listen to those catchy lyrics, they're just like, what the, what the F are you talking about? Because it yeah, makes zero really sense. You know? <laughs> now, um, I actually came across this very, very interesting article about an Italian singer by the name of Adriano Celentano, all right? And he released a song in the 70s with completely nonsensical lyrics. Nothing. It, literally, the words are make-believe. They do not exist in any language. And yeah. he did it in order for it to sound like it was American English. Okay? And what's fascinating about the song is that it became a massive hit. <laughs> Jeez. See, that's the thing. If, if something has a good catchy beats i don't think it matters but it's not even that i think the way it works is is so i've listened to it and if if i can i'll 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 slot it in here but obviously it'll be a very small snippet because of copyright and so on and so forth but what i'm going to do is i'm going to read some of the official lyrics to you just just quickly just to give you an idea so the song's name is prison colonensia and all right (laughs) and (laughs) I'm, i'm trying to read this so I'm just going to read the, the the first two verses. If it sounds like gibberish and weird, it's because it's meant to. Okay, so wait before you do, sing it to us. Sing, <laughs> oh my gosh! No, to try to sing I, it. I don't know I, okay, I'll, I'll I'll try. I'll try. I'll try. Prison calling, sing it. Ngasiu siosol in the call men suevion. Prison calling. I got. Okay, it's it's prison calling, sing it. Can you still all right? We is the same, cues now up the same. All wet men in the cotter bus die. Trrr. Siak is a mind begin to call. Baby, still ye push your hoe. <laughs> Be right back. I think my semi's dying. Sul, sul. When I say in the shoes, now I'll hold the same, then a whole red man begin to call a 
if I'm not able to include the recording here, we will link to it. I, I implore all of you to go and just listen to this. It, if you honestly didn't know any better, you would genuinely think it was English language being spoken. I've, I've obviously just, yeah. I've really messed it up further, far more than anybody should have <laughs> to have messed it up. Um, and I see here that um, Edward actually added a note to this discussion about lost ketchup. <laughs> yeah, so Lost Ketchup, it's it's a girl band from, I think, the 90s. I remember that, from the 90s. But yeah. you'll, you'll know the Ketchup song. Everyone knows the Ketchup song. Um, not because of its name. But, uh, these This girl band, they were obsessed with tomatoes for some reason. Um, <laughs> but because of its catchy chorus. And it's that one that goes, eh, ah, tere, tere, tere. Yes, and yes, I can't yes, pronounce yes. the words. Because... I can't pronounce the words because they literally make no sense. And this is this is not because Max Martin or someone else made a mistake. This is yeah. intentional, intentionally done by Lust Ketchup. Um, they sampled a song called Rapper's Delight. And because they are Spanish, they don't understand English one bit. <laughs> and they listened to the song and literally just copied what they heard. And pronounce oh, it that's so brilliant. badly that it makes no sense. You can't even put it in Google Translator in any language and let it make sense. That's and brilliant. Yeah, it's, I love it. It's just one of those same songs that makes you know, no sense. I have to. I actually wonder. Um, so, you know, we were speaking now about um, gibberish and uh, making words up. You know, like the, how the Italian guy made words that sounded English but weren't English. So I have to wonder, what are the Martians hearing when they catch oh, our signals? God. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> They're like, I mean, I mean in, in, yeah, in addition to all of the world's languages, there's also gibberish now that they have to contend with. And what if we're flicking them off by accident? That's what What's... I'm thinking. Like, what if we're, what if we're cruising at their moms and t- telling them to go, go do something nasty with their moms while we're playing Call of Duty or something like Jeez. Oh my gosh, I don't, yeah, I don't even. So uh, with that in the mind, um, for those of you who are aware of what's been happening in space and tech, you'll know that Perseverance has finally landed on Mars. And it is just a momentous occasion for NASA and the world because Perseverance is massive. It's a, an SUV-sized rover. It's one of the biggest we've ever sent off-planet, you know, with the exception of um, satellites. Yeah. And it's just a, it's a phenomenal... It's a phenomenal rover because it actually includes so much. I mean, there's the seismometers on there. There's all sorts of instruments. There's even a, and they've just deployed it a couple of days ago, and it's currently charging at the moment, a little drone, which is now going to fly around Mars. And bear in mind, NASA is doing all of this with a plus minus 15 minute delay in terms of actually getting, um, you know, or telling Perseverance what to do. And it's just it's just incredible. I've been seeing all of the pictures that are coming through about it. And I just wanted to speak about it because I think it's, it's an incredible milestone for humanity or rather it just, I mean, all all the time when I see things from a legitimate, another planet. And then of course that makes me think of something that the, the one NASA lady said, and I mentioned this to Edward. And of course this is conspiracy theory time for y'all is how she was all like, now we can explore past civilizations. Say what? Maybe, maybe <laughs> the thing is, one, it could be a joke, an inside joke or whatever. Two, it could be code for something else. Maybe, 
something <laughs> they know, something they don't know, something we don't know, or just to, well, maybe I mean, it was just if we have to hypothesize, term. right? If we have to hypothesize, yeah. I am a, I'm a, I'm not a firm believer, but I'm, I, I gravitate towards the hypothesis that Mars was the original Earth, and we destroyed it, and we now live on Earth as our secondary habitat. That works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not a theory I've heard. I don't know. Really it was just it was before. just interesting for her to say that. Unless maybe, you know, she obviously maybe didn't mean it in that way. It maybe it's just more along the lines of, you know, the past of that planet. You know. Yeah. What or, was there? I mean, that makes sense, you know, but uh of course it's nice to think what else could be there, you know? Yeah, yeah. Aliens. Now. Well, yes, <laughs> this is exactly exactly. <laughs> Um, you know, with with space and everything, um, I don't know if any of you know about Starlink, which is um, SpaceX's and, and Elon Musk's new internet system that they're throwing up into uh, the outer orbits, which is going to be consist of thousands and thousands of Starlink satellites to offer fast, high-speed broadband internet to Earthlings. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, it, to it's anyone been around for a while, um, but they've just opened pre-orders for South Africans, and I actually pre-ordered. Um, there was a 99 US dollar deposit, which I've paid for. And eventually, within maybe about a year or so from now, because they're expecting a 2022 release for South Africa, I'll mm-hmm. pay the 500 US dollars for the actual hardware. And then I will have internet access um, up to, I think it's up to 200 megabits per second upload, a uh, download. And I think between 50 and 100 upload with um, you know a latency of only 20 to 40 millisecond ping, which is absolutely phenomenal since i can't even get that with lte which is on earth and now we're actually talking about beaming signal from space and back well to be fair it's incredible is the proposed latency currently it's still at about 200 um, it's probably going to get better in my opinion yeah it'll probably be a lot better by the time you know it's fully operational which i think is in the next what two to six years hey i think they say two years yeah so that's absolutely incredible now on to another incredible topic the cloning of extinct animals. Gosh damn. <laughs> okay, so what's what's this time? What dinosaur are we cloning now? <laughs> I wish it was dinosaurs, okay? For all of you who keep who have been listening for so long, you know I have an I have an obsession. I love dinosaurs, Jurassic Park, mega fan here. I will never stop loving them no matter how old I get. <laughs> now it is apt that you're speaking about Jurassic Park because that was the first thing I thought of. I was like, yes, it's happening. <laughs> Always. But no. Um, <laughs> what they did is um, it's the first time an animal on the US endangered species list has been uh, brought back to life via cloning. Um, in this sense, it was a... A raccoon? A ferret. A black-footed ferret named Elizabeth Ann. Oh. It's a wonderful name. Um, <laughs> so Elizabeth be back um, yeah. what, they, what they did is they took a genetic material And they implanted it in a normal ferret's womb uh, Well not the womb, I mean obviously in, they fertilized an egg with a genetic material And she's been born and she's good And why they're hailing this as an incredible achievement Is because um, the black-footed ferret has For many years ago was considered almost extinct uh, where they weren't available because of deforestation and just being killed in general. Um, then eventually, over the years, they've sort of bounced back. Now, I think there's there's a thousand or so, maybe a couple of thousand of them available. But the thing is, 
they've lost a lot of genetic diversity because of so many of them dying. Now, Elizabeth Ann was frozen 30 years ago when they noticed that these animals were being decimated. And what that means is that she has genetic traits and material from the black-footed ferret from over 30 years ago that may no longer exist in the newer evolutionary relatives. And what's great about that is that if, if now that they've cloned her and they can raise her, and should she be able to breed with other black ferrets, that genetic variation comes back and that helps bolster the population to make them stronger. So it's, it's, it's yeah. No, no, carry on, carry on. No, it's just, it's, it's an incredibly fascinating thing. Um, and it leads towards the possibility of maybe something like a Jurassic Park happening. Um, See, <laughs> instead of Jurassic Park, I'm thinking rhinoceros. Um, yes, but like the black saying, and white rhinos. Yeah, You're saying that they had to in they had to take the cloned cells and implant it into a ferret that currently lived. Yes, so lives. but now but now there is an important distinction here, which is why your rhinoceros theory will work, and that's because mm-hmm. they took the 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 black footed ferret embryo and put it in a normal ferret. So, See, so essentially, that's like taking the uh, the extinct white rhino and implanting yeah. that in a normal rhino for birth. Yes. Oh, okay, okay. Yes. So, absolutely. but there must be another rhino. They can't. Oh, yeah. Abs- yeah. No, it, I mean, how else? Maybe an elephant. An elephant could probably birth a rhino. Maybe. Uh, I'm just worried. I'm wondering. Mm, that's yeah, cool. Or, well, until, of course, we develop the tech where we can actually have um, the embryonic <gasps> sac and that growing outside of the body. But that means your Jurassic Park is much closer than you think. Because yes, it is. <laughs> the crocodile. Okay, wait, um, wait, 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 wait. We, 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 I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves because, you know, I'm very excited about this. Um, <laughs> okay. I, I, in the same article, which we will link to, they did mention how it is far more difficult to do what they've done with this technology in avian species. And, oh, you know, there's a lot of hypothesis well. to the fact that dinosaurs are more avian related than they are reptilian. So yeah. um, also turns out that mammalians or mammals are far easier to do this with. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I mean it's uh, it's it's very very interesting. I think it's great. Uh, I'm glad we're moving in the kind of direction where you see, like the, the big thing about this one, why it's okay for this black-footed ferret to be genetically engineered and to come back to life is because the animal was decimated through humanity's humanity. It's not like the dinosaurs, which you know people will argue, their time came and went. So you shouldn't. Mm. You know, some will argue you shouldn't bring that extinct species back because it had yeah. its time and it's gone. Whereas things like the dodo and the spirit, for example, who have been, de- or even the white rhino, have been decimated because of humanity, not because there was some extraneous virus or disease or um, cataclysmic event that caused them to go extinct. We did. That's the difference. That's sad. Yeah. You yeah, see. Yeah. So you know that's why they're hailing this as a, as a wonderful thing and why it'll, it's a, it's good news for extinct and endangered species. But of course, it's only the good news is it will only go so far as uh, governments changing the way they think around the world to prevent this kind of thing from happening. Yeah, you know we need to be yeah. more careful, especially when it comes to pumping NSFW. <laughs> that was a very bad segue, but uh... yeah, it was. I was like, where are you going with this? <laughs> <laughs> we went from like this super downer to like. <laughs> You know? <laughs>
Uh, well, welcome back to our NSFW segment. Um, Edward, yeah. let's go, let's go, let's go. What is it? It's something about sexual yeah. injuries. Okay, so a little while ago we spoke <clears throat> about like being more fun during sex or during, you know, um, <laughs> during the whole session. And we spoke about like using hot toy- or toys that you warmed up or toys that you, you free frozen or just using you stuff. You could be so careful. Oh, anyway. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Of, you, of the blisters from the cold and the hot. <laughs> exactly. So speaking of blisters, that got me thinking because I was re-listening to old episodes. How many cases are there that actually resulted in bad things like like uh, people getting hurt? So I did a bit of searching and I came to this one with, um, site called uh, it's Mirror. They the, it's basically a tabloid, but but oh, the Daily Mirror. Of, Yes. Yeah, oh, it like is. That. It is the. <laughs> yeah, it's a tabloid. But um, this person collected a bunch of Reddit accounts, and I I went. Oh, I found f- a few of them, but the I best. couldn't find all of them at one in one spot. Anyway, uh, she found accounts of people, uh, nurses, and people who know nurses and doctors, who talk, who spoke about um, patients <laughs> who came in with sexual damage or naturally of the kind of now course. this is weird shit like uh for <laughs> instance uh, the, the the post opens up with someone who got their insides of their ass <laughs> bit by a spider how how how? <laughs> how did it get in there in the first place because you know normally yeah. anuses are they're, they're tight ain't nothing going in there unless i mean how how well, we've spoken in in a past episode about people, especially that rumor about Richard here, um, who <laughs> loves to put gerbils up their ass. Now, I suppose this was the same. Yes, but instance. I mean, how? I mean, it's it's it's, it's uh, pushing it in there would kill it. I don't know. I don't know what happened. Anyway, I, I guess it bit because no. you they were pushing it in there. Do you know what I think happened? I what? think it was probably some dusty ass old sex toy. That they fished out of a cupboard oh, and no, didn't no. and didn't yeah no wait wait Ooh. and didn't realize didn't realize that inside one of the crevices was a spider and they were <laughs> having a good time. That's what but I think. Anyway, the only reason <laughs> this guy came into the hospital in the first place was because they didn't know if they could put bug bite cream up their butts. <laughs> so that means maybe it was something like a tarantula. <laughs> no, tarantulas are huge. That's what I'm saying. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, moving on because I hate spiders and I don't want to be on this topic anymore. No, but hang on. So, so you're telling me this guy had a spider up his butt and the only reason why he came into the emergency ward is because he wanted to know if he could put bug cream up his butt. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's weird. Gosh. Um, so... Uh, <laughs> Moving you know what? This, on, this is one of, this this one of those stories. No, also, I, I slipped and I fell on I, the spider. Yeah, I fell on the spider and instead of almost squishing it and then it bit me. And then I wanted to put cream up my ass, but I didn't know if I could. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I didn't feel it crawling in there. Mm-mm, not at all. Yeah, yeah. And I just, whoop. <laughs> my, my entire butt went cold. <laughs> Listen, I, I don't do... <laughs> do creepy crawlies and things but like nah. damn come on y'all know y'all get a, a little hair there from your head 
and you know what that feels like. You mean to tell me that this bitch didn't know that there was something crawling in there? Mm-mm. Yeah, no, I Mm-mm. think it was much more deliberate. No, thank you. Anyway, <laughs> it's, uh, talking about deliberate, um, another person recalls a guy who had his mini lava lamp stuck in his butt, and that burns him. Now, what do you have to go through to think that a mini lava lamp will fit and make you feel good? <laughs> Wait, listen, did it, did it burn him? <laughs> yeah, it was apparently dead. Uh, what an idiot! Come on, anybody who's touched a lava lamp knows that those things it are gets hot. hot. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, not only just that. by holding it, you should have known. Oh, what did he also slip on? <laughs> yeah, like probably just slipped on it and fell on his on his desk <laughs> onto the lava lamp. No, he you, you you slip backward into the lava lamp. It happens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it just happens. Or you sat on your desk and you didn't realize it was there. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> And then, and then there was another user called Rent Take or whatever, a Reddit user, who explained that his uncle-in-law is an anesthesiologist <laughs> who had a patient who poured concrete in his gaped butt in an attempt to make a custom dildo. Why? <laughs> also, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> you- you should there be are much taking it of your ways. no, but if you're going to concrete anything, it would be your penis that exactly. would give you the shape of the dildo. But for that, you use corn syrup, not concrete. <laughs> and then, oh gosh! And then another takeout I got from this. It's a long post, so we'll link to it. But another takeout I got was from user <clears throat> "Life is not fair to you," <laughs> who spoke about a patient who came in. Who crashed their car while having sex with a, a furry toy? I mean, seriously. Well, and then another one. Um, like you, another you user, couldn't wait. You couldn't no, wait. apparently not. So, so this, they, is, they this, is, this is as bad as looking at your phone while you're driving. I mean, worse yeah, probably because worse, you're getting pleasure. Exactly. And then another user uh, talked to someone who had seven carrots stuck up there because they tried to, their, their lady friend tried to simulate their, their um, the male G-spot, the prostate, um, in an attempt to get his penis going because he just couldn't. <laughs> he, he, I think it's erectile So hold on, hold on. He couldn't get an erection. So they yeah. stuffed carrots up his butt instead. To try and stimulate his prostate. Seven eleven. These carrots. are very, very special kinds of people. I'm sorry to say. I have like... no words except for just going through the list. And this list goes on and on. It okay, really okay. Does. so what, what was the purpose of this list now? Because other than the fact that you've made me laugh hysterically at these just crazy things that, that normal people... Okay, I want to say the normal purpose... people don't do, but these are normal yeah. people. So. Or are they though? <laughs> My point is... Oh, and also off topic, but Marianne just sent me an um, image of an aubergine. So out of the blue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we all yeah. know what Edward's getting oh, later. Gosh. An aubergine for lunch. Anyway, um, uh, the point of this list was if your partner comes up to you in an attempt to be more kinky during sex or whatever, and they... And they uh, they give you listen, a lava lamp. Listen, listen, listen. Just say no. Your body is your body. Okay? You also True. have to think. 
yeah. if somebody's just, coming to you being like, we're going to use these carrots to get it back. Yeah, just, <laughs> you should just it's be not like, what? So there are medication for that. Listen, my first thing would be like, carrots are for the eyes. How is this going to happen? Yeah, like... <laughs> Maybe if it goes in the other way around. <laughs> no, oh my it's gosh. about the same oh distance. Gosh. I can't. <laughs> Seven of them as well. Mm-mm. Yeah, I don't Mm-mm. know. I don't know. It's weird. I hope they wash them. That's all I'm going to say about that. You know, especially yeah. if you're buying organic ones, they come with dirt and that. That, that ain't dirt good for your, your, your insides. Yeah. Maybe no, speaking just of go that, right? Bed. Because like, um, you, you, you were talking about medication and stuff of that. Now, yes. you've written something here which is super, super interesting to me because I've taken melatonin before. So there the we fact go. that you now so, have this this one weird case, or not weird, this one random case of someone who yeah. took melatonin and apparently that's better for pumping. Yeah, apparently for this one person. But maybe not for this one person is, is what I'm getting at. So I found this... Mm. Okay, so so we spoke, I think it was the last episode or the one before that we spoke about this random ass Instagram ads we're both getting now just by <laughs> talking about something. Now, I've been getting... I can't the, the, wait. This, <laughs> these are the ads I've been getting. It, it's these melatonin sticks you can smoke or something and then go to bed and it's better. And now, melatonin, it, it got me thinking, what the hell is melatonin? Because admittedly, I didn't know. Um, turns out that melatonin is the opposite of <clears throat> serotonin. It's the sleeping yeah. hormone. Yeah, so um, it's the it's the kind of natural remedy for wanting to sleep. So we've discussed this many times before. I'm a very very light sleeper, and I often struggle to really sleep properly. Um, which is weird because we actually want to talk about the witching hour that Edward's going to mention here. I'm literally up daily at three a.m. But we'll we'll, yes. we'll we'll get to that in in a second. We'll yeah. get to that in a second. Yes, yeah, so, so um, scientific background. Oh yeah, sorry, sorry. Go. Sorry. No, no. So it's just it's just interesting to me that you're bringing this up because I have yes. actually used it in the past, and I can't say it really was it really made an effect on me. Yeah, that's the thing with melatonin. It's it depends on your body, just like vitamins. Um, your body will absorb it better if you have a loss of it. Um, if you have a shortage of it, your body will absorb it much better than anything well, else. Well, I'm pretty sure I do because you wrote Whoa. here that melatonin's at its peak at 3 a.m. Yes. Guess who'll be up every day at 3 a.m., y'all? <laughs> okay, but fail. that's because your house is haunted or some shit. Because, I mean, come on. <laughs> that's witching hour, okay? Um, so how melatonin works is your body slowly um, gives off melatonin, I guess. Um, it, it builds up the melatonin levels in your body as the hours progress, as the day gets darker. Um, that's why sometimes when it's dark out, even during the day, you'll still feel tired. Mm. Like when it's um, uh, heavy rain and clouds. Yeah, like now it's it, as you can see, <laughs> my, my webcam is on dark mode already because it's pitch black outside. Um, uh, because I I have been opening my my curtains <laughs> more and more. Anyway, um, and by the time three o'clock rolls around, it starts decreasing again, and maybe okay. maybe yours just drops. Anyway. If you if you well, I don't know ads <laughs> I've been served, you maybe you can s- smoke I, one. And I sleep genuinely want you to buy some of them. Just do it. Mm, I mean, do I, look, your your whole thing here is that apparently it equals better sex. Yes. Please buy some of these sticks and let us know. Let Marianne can give us a snippet of whether it was hey, better or worse after you took it. I don't need better sex. Okay, <laughs> just saying. Yeah, just well, evidently not. We, we know the aubergines <laughs> are flowing. Okay, so. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, uh, going off the whole melatonin rabbit hole, 
Yeah, yeah. I found this this link from Mel Magazine, which is an amazing website, by the way. Um, but that's off topic. That's an entirely different topic. <laughs> um, from a a guy called Jake Hall, I believe is his name. The the writer is called Jake Hall, who wrote about a, a Reddit user named Hannah, who found that. Funnily enough, she took melatonin because she's like you, huh? She's she had yeah. trouble sleeping. Then she had sex, and she was on some kind of new plateau <laughs> while she orgasmed, and that got her thinking that this is the only thing different that we took before sex. Yeah, that's so it changing. Must be yeah, yeah, yeah. And over the course of a few months, she fine-tuned the drugs she took, which is the melatonin. To, f- to figure out that one milligram of melatonin will put her on exactly the same high she got while she did it the first time. So I guess she wow. takes different doses for different scenarios or whatever. For different yeah, levels of orgasm. Yeah. So, so according to her, about five milligrams taken 30 minutes to 45 minutes before sex will always lead to the same high. Um, That's amazing. Now the funny thing is, and the, the scary thing as well, is that there is literally zero research on this exact topic of melatonin. Well, you see, it, you see, I can understand why. Uh, melatonin is meant to make you feel sleepy to go to bed. In fact, um, doesn't don't doesn't doesn't your body excrete it after an orgasm? Yes, yes, that's the thing. So there are many conflicting reports from from high from, from um, scientists from all. Um, reputable uh, universities mm. who state that melatonin, especially if taken in high doses and if you have lots of them, can either enhance fertility or suppress fertility. Fertility, now, really? Yes. Now, on wow. that topic, um, obviously, your body secretes it while you ha- during sex. So, when you orgasm, yes. you you yes. give or you which is have why you, you feel relaxed and you can sleep after. Yes. Now, yeah. now, my thinking was that Hannah is one of these people that. The, these women who artificially roll over and sleep numbers yes <laughs> yeah, from like yeah, yeah. 14 I remember that was a great episode yes uh, there are a lot of studies talking about how much melatonin there is during sex and how quick you can fall asleep during sex mm, because mm. of the melatonin but zero for libido yes uh, the, the funny thing about this is we don't uh, even though there are zero studies sex shops still sells brownies containing melatonin. They still sell these these melatonin sticks that claim that it enhances your libido. Yes, correct. And it, I just found it so fascinating that this one person is the only one speaking out about it. So, well, yeah. who knows, hey? I mean, I mean, some testing might be in order, hey, Edward? Maybe. <laughs> I'll, ask, <laughs> I'll ask the missus. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's wow. Okay, well, maybe she's like Anna. that's the the end of NSFW. <laughs> wow, that was a interesting. That does uh, this. The NSFW is always so interesting. Yeah, every it's, time. It's you nice know? And, and knowledgeable one. There's some informative. <clears throat> yeah. Um, well, I I, there we fun. go. That's the end of season two, episode three. Gettle yeah. forty five. Yeah. Uh, Thank you all for listening. Hey, Ed. Yeah, it was a good one. It was a good one. <laughs> uh, we don't really have... Oh, actually, no, no. That, that uh, We're getting a few more things in, possibly early next week. Whether or not we might speak about them next week is another story. Yeah, um, it depends. Also, before we go, 
I am now rocking the iPhone 12 Pro. With so, a ugly case. We're not speaking about that because MagSafe is life. Um, <laughs> so I'll have a little bit more on that eventually. But so far, um, if you have an iPhone 11 Pro, it's the same experience. Just better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. Because I do know I owe all of you proper reviews on like the headset and stuff like that as well. So we will speak about that at a future date. But but yeah, thank you all so much for listening. And for those of you who are giving us feedback as per always and the support on Twitter and YouTube and everywhere else, thank you. We do immensely appreciate it. We do read all of your comments, even, and this is my bad, even if I'm bad at responding, but even though Edward is good at it, um, it's always lovely to hear from all of you. And we hope that you're all well. And we hope that you all have a wonderful week going forward. And we look forward to seeing you for a season two, episode four. Yeah, you. <laughs> Until then, all have a wonderful time. Cheerio. Bye.